so it's Jeremy Springle back again with views from the lineup. This time, episode ten, uh, and it's going to be a continuation of the Lions tour. Unsurprisingly, um, so what have we got coming up? We've got the bit of a little bit of the review of the Lions draw with the Hurricanes in their final midweek game. We also have the New Zealand lineup for the second test, and then the British lineup for the second test, and kind of me just running through what I think is going on with it and things like that, really. Um, so first of all, if you're really enjoying the podcast and things like that, please subscribe and rate in various places like iTunes, SoundCloud and stuff like that. Um, you can find me on the social media. So that's at Twitter. So at Jeremy Springall and that is J E R E M Y S P R I N G A L L, uh, facebook.com slash views from the line out as well. Um, and yeah, um, pretty much those places i'd love to hear from you any comments anything like that start a discussion going around what i'm saying here so because i sometimes um i feel some of the things i say such as what i was saying argentina are worst off being the super rugby can be a little bit controversial so i'd love to hear your thoughts on it but to begin with we have the uh hurricanes versus the british and irish lions um which ended in a 31 all draw despite the Lions leading by 14 points at one point with um, like 60, 65 minutes on the clock gone. And this was a real, pretty much the final opportunity for the uh, sort of players to make a stand for this, this test starting lineup or even the test broader squad. And you had people like George North, who were surprisingly dropped from the 23 altogether, who had to have a big game. Um, people like Robbie Henshaw, who I initially thought would be right up there in the test squad for a starting place, as well, the front row, very impressive one of Joe Marler, Rory Best and Dan Cole could have really pushed on. Big second rows of Ian Henderson and Courtney Laws. And then a back row, uh, Haskell, Tipurik and Stander. I'd expected more from Stander over the course of this tour, to be honest with you. I didn't think he's carried with as much venom as he does in the Six Nations and Autumn Internationals. But, um, you know, it was, again, another opportunity for him. And then we had the controversial uh, late call-ups to the tour on the bench. So, Dacey, Dell, Francis, Hill, um, Davis, uh, Finn Russell. So, it was whether or not they were going to get any game time. But for the Hurricanes, they had some really class players on the lineup, didn't they? They had Jordi Barrett, uh, Nehe Milnaskutter, Julian Sarvea, and, yeah, just some big boys that were there in the backs and Corey Jane on the bench as well was potentially going to come on so almost like an all blacks back three that could have been starting and um, yeah so it was a big opportunity for a number of players to really stake a claim for the test match 23 for the second test and who did well who didn't do well well the second rows did amazingly well um, I'm very very impressed with Courtney Laws and Ian Henderson on this the fact that Courtney Laws was taken off after like 55 minutes probably said everything about what um, his performance has shown in this game and throughout the tour. He's been very, very destructive. And he's just been a bit unlucky with a couple of HIAs that have sort of curtailed what he's been able to do on it. But he, something that the Lions were missing in the first test was a bit of that kind of explosive defensive power. And Courtney Laws certainly offers that. So it's probably, like I said, no surprise he was taken off. Ian Henderson fantastic performance ball carrying destructive um set up george north's try uh with a bit of still hands after a challenge in the air from uh jack now i think it was no it was lee halfpenny um uh on 
Geordie Barrett to kind of potentially win that one. It fell to Henderson, took a few yards, and then offloaded nicely for North to go under the posts. George North um, didn't really get much, to be honest with you. Like, he started one on the wing, but then due to an injury to um, to Jonathan, no, to Robbie Henshaw. Sorry, my brain is going. To Robbie Henshaw, um, he basically had to move to inside centre and things like that. So um, that was a bit of a shame for him. But he offered an opportunity for him to get his ball in the hands a bit more, but he didn't. So that was a bit unfortunate as to how that went. Um, Tommy Seymour, two tries. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, what more can he do than score tries? So that was good. Back row, again, very, very quiet. Just like the front row, a bit quiet. Maybe Marla sort of putting a bit of grunt in the, in the pack and bit go forward a bit of scrum time and a bit of stuff like that and yeah so it's a bit of a shame but the main turning point of the game so the Lions really kept the Hurricanes under control until they went down to 14 men through Ian Henderson's clear out which yeah okay it, it deserved a yellow card nothing more than that it was picking him up beyond the horizontal and laying him flat down onto his back you know he had no complaints he wandered off very easily same with Rory Best no complaints as the captain for this game and it was just, you know, a shame because it kind of put a blot and a mark against his performance, despite it being so very, very impressive. Um, and he was at the breakdown. He was doing all sorts of stuff, securing turnovers. And, yeah, it really offered an opportunity um, for the two, particularly the two second rows in this test with Cruz and Wynne Jones not performing in the last one. So, you know, this kind of got me thinking, well, who's going to be in that 23 um but first of all we'll move on to the new zealand uh test match 23 for the second test and i'll run through it and then give a few thoughts so we are going to start at fullback israel dag the wings uh naholo and ione centers lynette brown and sonny bill williams fly half barrett scrum half aaron smith props uh moody and franks hooker taylor Second rows, Ritalik and Wylock, and back row, Kano, Kane, and Reed. And then on the bench is Harris, Crockett, Falmina, Barrett, uh, Severe, Perinara, Cruden, and, and Lau Mape. Uh, so it's quite an interesting one. That if you look at the injuries that they had from the first test, so Ben Smith and Crotty as well, who was um, outside centre, was very impressive in his starting lineup and was making some nice breaks and big defensive hits, but they're hardly being weakened. If you look at them moving Israel Dag back to fullback, highly experienced a fullback for the um, Crusaders and for New Zealand at test level. And then Naholo on the wing, well, he's a big guy. He's going to do his things. We saw what he did against the Lions, uh, where actually he ran over Courtney Laws for his try in one of the midweek games. Um, so they're not hardly weakened there, possibly weakened a little bit in the air from his uh, ability, so the Lions might target that more with their kicking game. But again, if you give him the space to run into, he's definitely going to take advantage of it, and he's a, he's a powerful, powerful player. And so Lynette Brown also came on in that first test and looked pretty impressive as well. So uh, they're not losing much by having these players involved in their lineup at all, highly experienced internationals, and... I can imagine they'll play the same game, to be honest with you. Uh, look to probably beat up the Lions around the fringes, which is something Lions did not expect in that first test and really was where they got beaten up. So they were probably expecting New Zealand to go a bit wider with some of the players they had. But instead, they just 
it was like off to the number nine, off Aaron Smith, and you could see that within the first ten minutes, it was right. What can we do to bludgeon the guard position of the Lions' defense to try and get a few extra yards, get them rolling back, put a few meters every tackle before we then spread it wide for our backs to have a lot more yardage to run into. And you know, are they going to do the same? Highly likely, especially with the some of the selections that have been in the Lions' setup. They've tried to combat this, but I can see them doing exactly the same thing. Where And also you had things like miracle passes and offloads from Kieran Reid at the base of the scrum. Um, so Ritalik and Whitelock are back together again. The back row, Kano, Kane and Reid are back together again. The pack basically hasn't changed. So they know exactly what they've got to do and they'll use last week as a template for this week and possibly add a little bit extra onto it. Barrett didn't do much running last week, had to uh, drop back to fullback due to Ben Smith's injury early on, um, and that's when Aaron Cruden came on. So it'd be interesting to see if he takes, um, hopefully he'll get a bit more game time at 10 this time so he can run the game a bit more. It'd be interesting how he fares up against Sexton um, and things like that. And particularly, if you offer him a break, he's so lightning quick, he'll just take it before you've even noticed he's gone. So... Very, very strong lineup again from the New Zealand squad. Should be really interesting. That front row, uh, Moody, Taylor and Franks will be looking to try and get into them. And there was a few bits of chat before the first test. And I am exactly the same. I'm perfectly guilty of it. I was like, oh, the Lions have got an edge at the set piece. Okay, so they did they did really well in the first test in their lineup, But their scrum was nowhere near as impressive as I was thinking it was going to be. And Steve Hansen, it kind of must have got a little bit riled up because, you know, everyone talks about New Zealand's offloading game, how they're able to identify space and counter-attack and play this unstructured rugby. But actually, they're excellent at playing um, set plays. They're excellent at the set piece. They're excellent in the forwards just and for kicking territory. Um, so they definitely were fired up to prove a point to the Lions pack and they certainly did it last week and they'll be looking to do exactly the same this week as well and so it's it's kind of very very interesting I think um, and then really for now for the Lions okay so the Lions team to face New Zealand in the second test are Mako Vinopola, Jimmy George, Ty Furlong so an, a completely unchanged front row um, second rows are Alwyn Jones and Maro Atoji a back row of Sam Warburton as captain, Sean O'Brien and Tao Lupe Falatel. Connor Murray and scrum half, Johnny Sexton at fly half, Owen Farrell at inside centre, Jonathan Davis at outside centre, Anthony Watson and Elliot Daly on the wings, with Liam Williams at full back. So I certainly did not see um, that selection coming up. I know a lot of people before the tour had talked about uh, Sexton-Farrell partnership on this. But they've only played some like 70 minutes of rugby on tour together. So it's it's a bit of a gamble from Gatland in that respect, especially when you look who's lining up at inside centre on the other side. So Sonny Bill Williams. Farrell, I think, is like three stone lighter than him. And he is going to get targeted defensively. And yes, he likes to, you know, he's a very good defensive player, Aaron Farrell. But if you're giving away that much weight, inevitably you're going to give away the game line battle a little bit in that position. So it could tailor the New Zealand game to be in this very orientated off number nine and first phase channel off number 10. So expect to see, I expect to see the forwards kind of picking and going or Aaron Smith giving them one out and they're just trying to bludgeon the forwards of the lines up front. And then it getting spread from perhaps first, second phase onto Sunnyville to take to the line, get his arms free and get an offload out the back. 
but then also off things like line outs if it's an off the top line out expect it to go to Bowden and straight to Sonny Bill on the crash line into Sexton and Farrell try and get some yardage as he's heading back towards his forwards at the back of the line out and then they can go from there because it will tighten in the defence the defensive line of like Davis and Watson on the wing will have to kind of come in a little bit which will offer a bit more space out wide for the All Blacks and I expect them to kind of fully take some advantage of that um, but what that combination does offer the Lions though is unbelievable um, an unbelievable kick game to be honest with you with Sexton and his tactical kick in Farrell and his tactical kick in Murray with his kick in Davis isn't a bad kicker Liam Williams as well You've got all these guys in the backs who are able to play this potential territorial game. And Farrell, you know, the work he's done with England at 12 has been as the second distributor, has been able to bring in his back three to the line and cause havoc. And if you look at some of the most dangerous attackers from the lines in the last test, they were the back three. And so that would be Liam Williams for the break, which he then passed out to Elliot Daly um, for the Sean O'Brien try. Um, Daly was making really good yardage in that entire game. Anthony Watson... As soon as he came off his wing, he started to get into the heavy traffic and was actually like stepping people. Uh, and that's why Kano had to go off because he got absolutely flattened by one of his own New Zealanders when trying to tackle Watson, who just stepped away and left him for dead. So Farrell and Sexton to in kind of tandem together really do offer the ability to bring those back three players in to start causing some havoc, which is what they really sort of need to do to potentially like get a better result against the New Zealanders. So if we look at the front row, uh, George, Vunapola and Ty Furlong. Um, George, excellent in the line-out, over like 90% for his line-out success in the first test, which is exactly what you need, and he needs to keep that going. If it drops below, they're definitely going to be in for a hard day uh, in the office. Marco Vunapola, Ty Furlong, though, as well. In, in the loose, I was hoping to see more from both of them because they're probably the two more mobile and happy with the ball in their hand props in the Northern Hemisphere. But not much kind of came from that, to be honest with you, probably because uh, the Lions gave New Zealand so much possession and territory in the first test that they had to spend all their time defending. Um, but hopefully this time round they'll get a bit more ball in their hand and be able to show some of the additional skills that they have as props. Jamie George as well, I was expecting to see him involved, but again, not a huge amount. His carries didn't really get him going anywhere. He was stop at, stopped at source. Um, I'd also like to see the front row trying to do a bit more at the breakdown as well because all three of them are known as decent breakdown technicians and they never really got the aspects of their game going because they were always backpedalling and really it did take the Lions far too long to be able to even consider changing the game plan and stacking the, the guard position around the rook um, but uh, you know, hopefully they'll be able to adapt quicker this week and Sean O'Brien was saying it, it requires a change of mindset. They probably had too much respect for them. Well, you know, it's a Lions story. You've just got to, like, do what you've got to do at the time. Yeah, they come around once every four years. Well, they shouldn't be respecting anyone because they're the most prestigious team out there. No New Zealand at the minute. Um, so second rows, Alan Wynne-Jones and Mario Toje. There had to be a change in the second row. There was no doubt Toje came on and added a lot of impetus, a lot of power in there which they needed and started to slow down the All Blacks a little bit. Win Jones had a very quiet game though, an exceptionally quiet game. So I'm kind of surprised that he's maintained his position because I was I was expecting to see either Henderson or Laws potentially in that starting lineup based on how they did again in the midweek game. 
Um, so I think he can consider himself lucky, but he is a very much a big game player, and they don't come any bigger than this one, especially if the Lions lose. That's the series lost. So I'm expecting him to come out as like a, a raging ball of just fury to absolutely wreak havoc, and hopefully that with the Tojo will work really well and add a lot of power to it. But um, if I looked at it in last week, Cruz just is carrying... He didn't go anywhere. He just died. He did nothing really at the breakdown. Defensively, he was dropping off a few tackles. So I'm not surprised to, <coughs> excuse me, unfortunately see him drop off. But then Wynn Jones did exactly the same thing. But I guess Gatlin trusts Wynn Jones more than he trusts Cruz um, from their time as well as kind of captain and, and manager, uh, sorry, head coach. So there's probably a little bit in the bank there for Wynn Jones to, to kind of come out and give a really big performance this week to justify his selection, which he really needed to do. Um, then the back row, so we've got Falatau and O'Brien who are still there, uh, and then Warburton comes in at six. Um, so Warburton, yeah, he demonstrated enough coming off the bench at the breakdown that he probably warranted his selection at six. And O'Brien, great try, fantastic try. Probably would like to see more of him at the breakdown as well to try and slow these New Zealanders down. And Falatau, I felt was almost anonymous in that entire game. I can't remember like a single game like interaction that he had in it which influenced it in any way um but you know cj standards not really stepping up as highly as i was expecting as the second number eight on the tour so he keeps his position like that um then who have we got on the bench we've got ken owens jack mcgrath carl sinclair courtney laws cj stander reese webb benteo and jack now um so benteo exceedingly unlucky to be just on the bench for this after what I can only describe as a fantastic performance against Sonny Bill in New Zealand. He was carrying, he was our main like line break, he was our main yardage gainer. And not only that, he was smashing like players all over the place. He really stepped up and had a great game. So I'm surprised to see him down on the bench. So he, he can definitely count himself unlucky. But when he comes on, again, yeah, power to come off the bench and really do a lot of stuff. Jack now, great to see him on there. He's really had a poor start to the tour, but has come good towards the end. And he's a busy player, so he can slot in at full backer on the wings or in the centres. Um, but he likes to get his hands on the ball and try and create stuff, so I'm really excited to see him involved with that. Uh, Reese Webb um, came off the bench last week, scored a try, so he definitely deserves his place on there instead of Greg Laidlaw. Uh, Ken Owens, Jack McGraw and Carl Sinclair. Yeah, solid front row. They didn't do anything wrong. Made their tackles, made the line out. Sinclair made a few nice carries and uh, breaking a couple of passes. So definitely excited to see him potentially coming on uh, maybe a bit earlier. Solid on the scrum again. Wasn't going backwards. And that was kind of always something that was considered to be against him for this tour was that, oh, is this scrummaging ready? Well, yeah, he's been learning under Adam Jones. You don't get 100-odd caps for Wales if you're not a good scrummager at prop. So... What a guy to learn off. And then Courtney Laws on the bench. So great to see him on the bench there. Um, very very much a reward for his destructive performances throughout the tour so far. So expect to see him carrying. He's been carrying like a beast actually, which is a thing he hasn't had in his game since he almost broke on the scene. So it's good to see that. Again, solid tackling. Uh, big type 5 forward who likes to have mauls. He likes to have scrums. He likes, he's busy at the breakdown as well. He's good at clearing out. Um, so I'm I'm really pleased to see him there and hopefully he'll come on and make a really big impact and potentially force his case for the third test. <clears throat> and then the final one is CJ Stander. 
So I've been fairly critical of him on on this podcast so far and potentially on the tour in general. But um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully Gatland has seen something where it's going to be a big power performance from Standard because he is powerful. He's a big carrier. He did damage to New Zealand when they played them in Chicago. Uh, so this is for Ireland. And I'm hoping he's got something there in his locker that he can kind of put together and, and put out there. So what do I sort of think from this? Um, I think it's going to be another kicking sort of game from the Lions, definitely, especially with the players that they've got on the back line. Um, I think that they've tried to put more power into their forward pack and more breakdown competitiveness. So I'm expecting to see a lot of box kicks again from Murray, a lot of kicks to the corner from Sexton and Farrell, um, try and put the New Zealand back through under pressure, particularly Naholo and see what he can do. Some balls in the air for where either Watson or uh, Elliot Daly is going to challenge him and hopefully get some success there because that was a place where they did get success last week. So more of that. Uh, some bigger forwards in there to offer a bit more of a carrying threat around the park, particularly in and around the 5-10 to 10 meter mark of the breakdown. Um, some more threat over the ball from Sam Warburton for sure. And hopefully with O'Brien then like really following his his case and Itoje is always a threat at the breakdown as well. Similar line out approach. Um but if the opportunity arises for Sexton and Farrell to basically play heads up rugby and get it spun out wide to people the danger runners like Davis, who is who had a really good game last week, I thought, and the back three to be more involved uh coming into the attacking line off second, third phase ball. And then spotting some gaps, maybe identifying some forwards, some lazy forwards to run against and, and step and make some half breaks and offloads as well. So it's going to be um, traditional Northern Hemisphere rugby, pretty much. So big forward pack, doing the damage, and then hopefully space out wide to be taken. But what they really need to do is to take their chances. Based off last week, they made a number of chances but didn't take them particularly. Whilst the New Zealanders made like three chances and took all three. So this is something which has just been a recurring theme ever since I started playing rugby. So since I was about six years old, seven years old, um, so <laughs> over over 20 years, is that the Northern Hemisphere don't take their chances, but the New Zealanders do. And that really needs to be something where that starts to change because it's been going on long enough really now. And I'm hoping that the Lions in this will be able to identify that and take those chances and be very clinical at the same time. Um, because then that will start to put New Zealand under pressure. And from New Zealand, yeah, I'm expecting like tight, tight big carries from Retallick and Whitlock, uh, sorry, Whitelock, and then Kane at the breakdown to be an absolute nuisance again. It'll be interesting to see how um, they target Conor Murray at the back of the rooks when he's doing his box kicking based off the co comments that Gallon put out during the week with them saying, Oh, they're deliberately trying to injure Murray by targeting his standing leg, in particular Jerome Kino, where there are one or two incidents, incidences where you look back and watch the uh, the first test. Well, okay, it is a bit dubious as to whether he's actually going for the ball or if he's going for Murray. And the New Zealand, if there's this whole thing of like you got to be whiter than white to play for New Zealand in terms of your character, well, you know you don't. They basically they do stuff like the two Tano Manga, Kevin Mialamu spear on O'Driscoll where there's then like no punishment at all. So it's like they do exactly the same as what other teams do, but they just then don't get punished for it whilst other teams do. So 
I'm hoping that like the referee is going to be hot on this and is going to play it fairly for both sides because you need protection of players, especially when it's things like for their career. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But, um, again, New Zealand. So, Sonny Bill uh, making some big yardage and then Barrett potentially wrapping round to open up the space for Lynette Brown, who's then going to potentially bring in the the back three of Dag Naholo and Ione. But I also expect Naholo to be coming off his wing and playing off Aaron Smith a bit as well. Um, because he's a big guy and he's fast and he's got a load of power, so he's going to be destructive. And and then um, they'll start to empty their bench and Falmaina and uh, Adi Surveyor will, I'm expecting them to cause a bit of damage as well. And then TJ Perinara pulling the strings um, and really opening it up when the teams are tired. So what do I predict in terms of the, uh, the final scoreline? I know I predicted the Lions last week, but um, I, I just can't see past New Zealand for this one, and I reckon New Zealand by by twenty points. Um, so unfortunately, it'll be a New Zealand test tour. But we've got to bear in mind for these things as well that this is Alliance is a scratch side. Yes, it's full of internationals, but it's a scratch side who have not been together, who are still building that trust together over a period of a really hard tour at the end of their season, versus the double world champions in New Zealand who have a 95% win rate for the last uh, like eight, nine, ten years, who also have some of the best players that have ever been uh, able to grace the game at the same time. And, you know, they're playing at home as well. They've got the home crowd. They've got everything in their favor. They aren't, they're only partway through their season, so they're still a lot fresher than the Lions players are. They've been together for such a long period of time that they know each other's game inside out and they trust each other. So to ask like the Lions to come and even be competitive is ridiculous. It just shouldn't happen. And they were. I mean, how many international teams get beat by New Zealand by only 15 points? Not many. I mean, so the Lions are definitely, in my mind, shown and done um, amazing things so far on this tour and have outseeded, outperformed even my expectations for it. Um, which I'm really amazed by. And I think there definitely is a place for the Lions in, in the current like professional rugby era. Um, but I, in the second test, I reckon New Zealand will win by more than 20. And then um, they'll win the series. But it's been a really good series so far. It seems like the crowds have been fantastic. Like I've really enjoyed the midweek games. There's been a lot of kind of drama within those as well. And I think hopefully, having seen some of the ability of some of the Northern Hemisphere players that some of the New Zealanders and the press from New Zealand might look at it perhaps not through as a, you know, they might see it as a bigger game than just a forwards orientated smash it up game. They might see that there is a lot of skill in for a lot of players within there. Um, in particular, with some of the tries that have been scored so far as well. So we'll see what happens with that. It should be quite interesting. And um, yeah, so Tomorrow morning uh, for me is kick off the second test. Looking forward to kind of waking up and seeing what the result is and things like that. So um, best of luck to the Lions. I hope you prove me wrong. I really do. And yeah, till next time, that is it. Cheers.